so uh, DK had the nerve to call me the other evening and ask me if I would be able to preach on a short notice. So I've had something on mine for quite a while. I, I don't really have anything against it. I know what it's like. So <laughs> I just wanted to rub it in a little bit. I had something on my mind to share uh, for quite a while. And so I'm not exactly sure how it'll come out. And, but uh, I like to... I like, to, I like to study the Word of God. I don't consider myself a real good scholar, to be honest with you, but I still like to study the Word of God. Um, I enjoy it, and it always encourages me. And one of the things that I have discovered in my walk with God is that uh, you can actually study the Word of God and be free. Uh, what I mean by that is you don't have to try to, you don't have to tr- try to maintain a pattern of thought and try to make the Word of God fit into that. You can study the Word of God and let the Word of God say what it actually says. <clears throat> and so that's been liberating for me and I enjoy doing it. Uh, let's see. Let me start in Second Timothy chapter 3. That's actually the text that I'm going to, to read from to start with. We'll be going into a couple of different but I would like to start with that. Um, in Second Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to start reading in verse 14, but then I'll go back to the first part of the chapter and read some there. It said, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Now, if I believe that, if I believe what I just read, It's going to give me tremendous courage and confidence to study the Word of God and to believe what it actually says. Because this is in the context. Now, I'd like to say this, that uh, I like to study Scripture, and I actually think it's beneficial to study Scripture in its context that it was given. This is the context of of Paul warning Timothy as a a young pastor or or a a leader. it's a warning, as to, uh, it's a warning to, to Timothy about some of the things that will come in the last days. And I'm not going to go into that, but it's, it's in that context that he says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned. And so one of the things that I've discovered that is very important, is this thing not working? Oh. better. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that I've discovered in uh, uh, studying the Word of God and, and just walking with God is that is very important. I think it's very fundamental to our walk with Christ, and that is to be confident or assured that you have been accepted. The Bible says in the beloved or accepted by God. 
to where you actually have that confidence and you can walk in that liberty and that freedom. You're not, you don't find yourself constantly trying to do something to appease this confident that he has accepted you. And when you have that confidence, it gives you a liberty to study the Word of God with an open heart and an open face. I may say it that way. And so that's what I hope. I don't want you to go into the sermon today or into the, you know, listening to the sermon of what I'm going to say and try to better yourself by trying to do something that's going to better yourself. But I want to, as he said it, he, he says that, uh, he, he said this way, as for, as for you, continue in the, in what you have learned. Uh, I want to say this, that we have this confidence when you're accepted in, in God's, accepted in the blood, and you have this confidence in your heart. There's more of a liberty. There is a liberty in your own heart to allow God to lead you through tough situations, good, in the valley or on the mountaintop or wherever he chooses to take you. And so uh, we're talking about, you know, I was talking a little bit about reading or studying the Bible in context. You know, I think there's a uh, the, the Bible has a context that's overall, there's a context of God is good and God is wanting to, to, to bring his people out or bring his people along or lead his people. And how he does that uh, has a lot of different variations in our life. So I just, wanna, I just want to look at a couple verses now and show you that what Jesus said is that the scriptures are going to be fulfilled. One of the reasons that I, that I was one of the reasons that I was uh, brought to this, I think, or one of the big reasons, or one of the yeah, one of the the reasons is because of some of the things that we see going on in our in our world today. Uh, of course, you have social media, and so you have access to a lot of different people's thoughts. And I, I, look, I actually look at some of those things, and uh, I find it very interesting. And I don't know where this leaves you all, and I'm not going to make any claims, but, you know, they talk about this uh, uh, COVID-19. It's a, big, it's a big deal right now. A lot of people are talking about it. It's, it's I think it's... Put a lot of people under fear. Um, there's people, you know, and there may be all those conspiracy ideas. I don't know. I'm not going to make a claim, like I said. But the Bible says, and 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 this is where I this is where I come to. The Bible says there's going to come a time, and I, I it's towards the last, it's before Christ comes back. There's going to come a time. When you're not able to buy or sell unless you have a mark of the beast in your, hand, in your right hand or your forehead. And again, I'm not making any claims. I don't claim to know exactly how that's all going to be. But I do believe, I do believe there's going to be something like that going to happen. It's going to be pushed. It's going to be there. And uh, 
At the same time, we believe God is a loving God. He's a good God, and he's going to, pre- he's going to preserve his own. We don't, you don't interfere that. I want to share that with you. I want to tell you that. But Paul was, Paul was telling Timothy, you, you learn the things that you've learned, and I, want, I, want, I, want, I really want us to be encouraged to, to be confident in God's word. To be confident in what God has said. It's going to come to pass. The, the prophecies uh, referred to the, uh, in fact, let's turn to Matthew 26. I want to read a couple of verses in there. This was... Uh, Matthew 26, if this was at the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. In verse 47 it says, While he was still speaking, Judas came, at, came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them his sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant, struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish with the sword. Do you think that I, can, that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out against me, against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. I find that to be very interesting. God's word is just going to be fulfilled. Um, you know, I don't think the enemy of our soul can see everything. I don't think he knows everything. But I know my father does. And he's able to control. He's able to, he's able to, to make things happen or allow things to happen for his glory. But our part is to be faithful to him and allow him to lead us. And the foundation, the fundamental thing you and I need for this to happen is to be assured of his love in your own heart. The scriptures will be fulfilled. Jesus actually pointed to that. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from today. We don't have to be afraid of that.
It's like uh, all of us, you know, that we're all here alive now, but you know there's a time coming when we, we will face death, literally face death. And it's, it's, it could be a scary thing because there's part of us that's like, you know, we want to live. But we will either die or then we will be here when Christ comes, comes again. We don't have to be afraid of that. Because God is in control of all those things. Things that have been set up are not going to change because of us. Our destiny can be changed. Our destiny can be changed, but it's because if it's based on the fact whether we let's just look at this. In second, back to Second Timothy, it says that I'd like to start here in verse sixteen, where it says, "All Scripture is breathed out by God." That's talking about all Scripture. And I think he was actually referring to a lot. What, what Paul was referring to was very likely the Old Testament. The prophets. That he was said, it's breathed out by God. And he said, it's profitable for teaching. <clears throat> so if scripture is breathed out by God, it's something that we can, we can rest our we can be confident in that. Because God loves us. He's a God of love. And He's going to be just. Do you know that in heaven now, there are the, those that have been martyred for their faith, do you know they're crying out, how long, how long, till our blood is going to be avenged? They're actually crying that out. Tell that tells me that God is a just God. You know, there's justice coming. For the, there's, there will be justice coming for the believer. But it's, in, it's, it's all in God's plan. And to me, that, that gives me a lot of comfort. You know, I don't have to fight for my rights. I don't have to fight for anything. I need to walk with God. All Scripture, all Scripture is given you can trust that. You can trust him for that. <clears throat> and to me, when I read something like that, it makes studying the Word of God fun. Because it feeds my soul. It gives me confidence. It gives me stability. And in saying that, I don't say I don't make this claim that I always understand everything right but it is it's still a joy it's 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 encouraging because it gives me stability I don't have to be afraid of death I don't have to be afraid of what people think about me sometimes it does bother me sometimes I don't have to be I don't have to be afraid of what people say about me that really makes no difference. Now, that doesn't mean I don't value your opinion. But the bottom line, that's not the, that's not the bottom line. It's, it's, important, it's important what God thinks about me. It's important what God thinks about you, what he has to say about you. 
That's why it's important to study the Scriptures because it's profitable. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. And we all need teaching, don't we? Teaching. And so God is a teacher. And He will teach you. If you open your heart to Him, He will teach you. He will teach you how to walk with Him. He will teach you how to respond in a business deal. He will teach you how to respond to your neighbor. God is a teacher. He cares about your life. So profitable for teaching. God's not afraid of us making mistakes. You know, sometimes we make, we make a mistake and we think, oh, that's the end. You know, we, we failed so miserably. No, God's not afraid of that. Doesn't, that doesn't hinder God. We can learn from those. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. You don't have to be afraid of failure, of making mistakes. You have to be afraid of, concerned about his deception. You have to be afraid of being deceived. I mean, you know, and, and I'm not saying you have to be afraid of it, but, you, you know, that's exactly what Paul was saying. Because God is a teacher. Many times when the disciples would come to Jesus and say, tell us when these things are going to come to pass, or what's going to be the sign of you coming again. You know what he told them? He said, take heed that no man deceive you. God is a good teacher. He will teach you how to live your life. He will teach you what's important. But you have to be sensitive to what He has to say. It says it's profitable for uh, teaching, for reproof. The Word of God is profitable for reproof, to reprove you, to bring conviction in your heart. We all know what that is. You know, when you feel guilty, feel a little unfulfilled, or just, you know, we sense the Spirit of God is wanting to show us something. Well, the Scripture is profitable for that, to do that. For you in your life, you can have that. You can trust Him for that. If you read God's Word with a heart that's open, that wants, wants something from God. You're not afraid of it. You want something from God. It's good for that. It's profitable for that. In Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to turn to that and read a couple of verses. Very familiar. But I just want to remind you that this is how God works. And the reason I want to remind you of this is because he says he does it to everyone that he receives. And so if you're, you're going to experience some of this sometime in your life. Hebrews chapter 12. 
Maybe it's starting in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder. That's the one we sing about. It's the one we talk about. He's Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy... That was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. That's why you need to consider Jesus. If you do this, it will surely encourage you. If you go through, or if the way seems unfair, or just seems tough or hard, consider Jesus. Because he already went that way. And the encouragement, the admonition here is for you to consider him so that you don't get faint-hearted or so you don't get lax in your faith to keep walking with God. With an open heart. When, you know, we, we, sometimes we try to walk with God, but we kind of close our heart. We're, we're just not sure if we want to go that way. This is talking about walking with God with an open heart. Consider, uh, I already read that, okay. That you not be, grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when, you, when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Now, when the Bible says that he chastises every son that he receives, whom he receives, that means everyone. There's just no exceptions. And the encouragement is to walk within that, to be faithful. You have to endure. God is treating you as sons. So fathers, if you want to know how to treat your sons that you love, it needs to be part of your interaction, needs to be discipline. Because that's how God treats us. It's a token of your love for your own son. It's a token of God's love for me when he brings discipline into my life. Now, I don't know how all that discipline plays out, how it affects you, how it affects me, or what, it actually, what actually is that discipline, but, but God is sure to do it because he cares for you. He loves you. Jesus taught his disciples this in John 15, very familiar scripture. I am the, and he was probably talking to people that kept vineyards, I don't know, but 
they, they, I, I just expect they knew exactly what he was talking about. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Just can't get away from it. As much as we like to sometimes, we cannot get away from it. Because if you're bearing fruit, God's, God's going to prune you so that you bear more fruit. Because that way he's glorified. That's what we want. We sing that. We say that all the time. That's what we want. And Paul was encouraging the believers, or Timothy, to encourage the believers to accept that. To walk with them. So it's profitable for reproof, correction. It's profitable for correction. If you think, you know, God's been so good. I'm still learning to walk with God. I am. Still learning how to walk with God. But He's good. He's a good father. Very good father. He corrects me. He corrects my thinking sometimes. At least that's the way I see it. And for training in righteousness. For training in righteousness. Titus, and just read a couple of verses in Titus. Very familiar. Titus chapter 2. In verse 11 it says, The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled and upright and godly lives in this present age. That's what the grace of God is going to train us into. He's going to train us to live training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present world. So, the grace of God is going to teach us to reject some things and cleave to something to other things. The things that he's going to the things that the grace of God will train us to do is to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And he's going to train us, the grace of God is going to train us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present world. Right now. It means right now. And the grace of God would train you to do that. That's what it does. It teaches us that. So that... 
It says it's good. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's encouraging. To me, that, that's just, it's beautiful. It, it's, it's complete. We don't need anything else. We, this is it. Now, that doesn't mean we, mean we don't need each other. We learn from each other. But it's here. It's, it's right here. All Scripture. And God will teach you to do that. So there you have it, the Word of God that is able to teach you. And I, my encouragement, walk with Him that way, with that kind of an open heart. And you will be surprised. I'm sure He will surprise you many times. But again, the fundamental thing is you have to be assured of His love for you. You're not doing this to be accepted of Him. You're, you're doing this because he, he wants to glorify Himself. And He will do that by your life if you allow Him to do that.